Hello, Master Books family. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Coach John Stamper, our homeschool PE instructor at MasterBooksAcademy.com. Coach Stamper chose to resign as a public school teacher in the Chicago school system because of the godless principles he was asked to teach to the students. Today, he will be sharing from his own personal experience as a homeschool graduate and a public school teacher why you should run, not walk, away from public schooling. This is a recording from MasterBooks 2022 Smarter Way to Homeschool Summit that we broadcast earlier this summer. Let's get started. Welcome to the Master Books Podcast, where we bring you conversations that will strengthen your biblical worldview and the faith of your family. I'm Jennifer White, publicist at Master Books, a division of New Leaf Publishing Group. As host of this show, I'll be opening the doors to the Master Books family library of books, authors, and curriculum. For over 45 years, our company has been about one thing, ink on paper to touch eternity. In a world increasingly at war with God, we are publishing to partner with you to disciple your family, the church, and the nations. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. We are really glad you're here. I have a very exciting episode for you now. We have um, Coach John Stamper. You may know him from Master Books Academy. He is the creator and instructor of our courses on physical education. That's available for kindergarten through eighth grade. And he just launched his um, introduction to geocaching course. So check that out. It's a lot of fun for the whole family. He's also working on another one that we'll be uploading sometime soon. So stay tuned to the end of this webinar or this interview when um, he tells us a little more about it. Thanks for joining me today, John. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here. Hi, everybody. So today, John's topic is run, don't walk from public school. And the reason John is speaking on this is he, number one, was homeschooled growing up. He's got a fantastic story to tell you about his experience and his parents. And then he also was a teacher in the public schools there in Chicago. So he has really seen both sides of um, the coin and has a lot of encouragement and inspiration and details, hardcore details to share with you about what's going on in public school and why you should run, not walk away from it. So John, tell us a little bit about your homeschool experience and about some of the things your parents faced. Sure, thank you. Um, So there's a long uh, story and a short story. I'll start with the short and move on to the long. Okay. Um, Basically, uh, 1990, I was four or five years old. My parents uh, made the choice to homeschool my three older siblings and me. Um, I was just approaching the preschool kindergarten age. Um, basically, they wanted to uh, raise us up with a biblical foundation, um, biblical Christian principles and morals, uh, and you know, set us up for success, you know, in life. Train a child up in the way he should go, right? Right. Uh, so that was their overall motivation for homeschooling. The um, the long story is kind of how that came to be. And I think their story, what my parents went through in 1990, is very similar to, I would assume, what a lot of parents are going through today. Very similar to what I went through uh, with Chicago Public Schools a year ago. Mm-hmm. So 30 years after what my parents did, it's kind of like 
coming full circle, um, you know, it's kind of like almost dealing with the same issue, but you know, a little worse now. So, um, we grew up in small town, Indiana. My parents moved us from Chicago suburbs to small town, Indiana, surrounded by cornfields, the country, and we loved it. They just wanted mm -hmm. to give us a different upbringing in the country. Um, so at the time, late 80s, my older siblings were enrolled in the public schools uh, there. I was too young. Uh, so they did go to public school for a few years before we homeschooled. In the Gideons, if you're familiar with the Gideons, they're known yes. for distributing Bibles, you know, schools, hotels, things like that. They had had a tradition of passing out Bibles to the local schools. To any student who wanted one, they would give them one. Uh, no obligation, just voluntarily. Right. But in 1990, um, there was a complaint from a parent of a student uh, citing, you know, the separation of church and state. Um, the school board decided to not allow the Gideons to distribute Bibles anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we were not allowed to do that. So my parents, you know, had three kids in school. The fourth one coming up. Um, we're very worried about this. Quick correction, Coach Samper misspoke. The Gideons could not distribute the Bibles, but it was the Indiana Supreme Court's ruling, not the school board's ruling, that caused the distribution of the Bibles to stop. Uh, and at, at the same time, that same year, uh, there was an, an well-known atheist speaker who came to speak at our local uh, community college. It was a Catholic college in our very small town. Uh, so it was just a very hot topic you know, at that time. Sure. Locally and nationally, as we'll get to. Um, so <clears throat> my mom particularly felt prompted to write a letter to the editor of our small town newspaper, right? Uh, the Rensselaer Republican. A couple, <laughs> a couple thousand people, you know, might read it. Very small paper. Um, and in it, she cited or it was titled. The article was titled The Absence of the Bible leads to moral de decay. And she had cited, you know, nationally, the rise in violence and uh, the divorce rate was 50%. And, um, you know, the rise of fatherless homes and drug use and things like that, and just issues that were on the rise in society at that time. Um, and then issues carrying over into schools, you know, this was kind of like the 90s, kind of where the, when the school shootings and things really, we started to hear about them more. Um, kind of alarming things like that. So she she cited those issues in society and then kind of balanced that with, you know, biblical principles. What do the Ten Commandments say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Don't lie. Don't steal. You know, love your neighbor, things like that. And then she kind of ended the article with, uh, you know, what what would society look like if we were hearers and doers of the word? what a totally different society we would have, right? Um, with those shared values, which I feel like, you know, we're losing the shared values as a nation. Um, and then she kind of just offered like an encouragement to, you know, to Christians to kind of just pray and, you know, encourage your school board members and your leaders in your community to, you know, um, not reject the word of God. Uh, so that was kind of the gist of her article, two or three paragraphs. And then uh, a few days or weeks later, um, she's at home. My dad was an iron worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My mom got a phone call 
and she picks up. It's the Maury Povich show. You know, oh my Maury, goodness. Maury Povich. And they said, is this, uh, you know, Mr. Bob and Phyllis Stamper? Yeah. And they uh, invited her and my dad onto their show. Wow. They said, yeah, we, we read your letter to the editor. It was picked up by the New York Times oh somehow. God. Yeah. So my mom's letter went from the Rensselaer Republican somehow was published in the New York Times. Um, so she told the Maury Povich show, you know, I'll have to talk to my husband when he gets home and we'll get back to you. A few minutes later, Phil Donahue show calls, inviting my mom and dad onto the show. Um, so that's what they ended up doing. They accepted the invitation to uh, go on to the Phil Donahue show. They, Donahue, you know, gave them plane tickets and put them up in a hotel, gave them a limo to the show, 1990. And the featured guest of that show was Madeline Murray O'Hare, who founded the American Atheists in, I believe, I could be wrong, 1967, something around there. Okay. Perhaps the most prominent atheist in America. Um, and her daughter and son-in-law were on the stage with her as well. Um, and they were discussing, you know, atheism in America. And my parents were to be guests and be able to question her and respond to her based on my mom's letter to the mm -hmm. editor, right? Um, and let me just kind of reference, you know, my parents, very regular people, right? They neither finished high school in the seventies. They just dropped out and went straight to work. Wow. Started, you know, having children and raising a family. So just very modest people at this time, they had only been Christians two, maybe three years. So very new Christians, you know, very bold um, to be very new Christians. I love that. Right. So, yeah. So if anyone out there is, you know, can relate if you've been living for the Lord at all, you know, it's, in, it can be an intimidating scene to go face, you know, the most well-known atheist in, in America. But, Absolutely. um, so there they were, they're, they're filming the show. And, um, as it's going on, Madeline Murray O'Hare is kind of talking about Christians and kind of bad mouthing them saying, you know, they, oh, Christians, they hate me. And, oh, they don't do much for society anyway, things like that. Just kind of bad mouthing it. It finally came to um, Phil Donahue. <clears throat> they would like receive phone calls. They, people would call in and ask a question or okay. members of the audience would ask a question. That's kind of how the show was set up. So he came over and introduced my parents. This is Bob and Phyllis Stamper from Rensselaer, Indiana. And uh, he kind of gave the microphone to my mom. She wrote the, um, she wrote the letter. But um, it turns out my dad was the one who did most of the speaking. Uh, it's kind of a funny situation. I always, I always looked at it as how a husband and wife compliment each other. You know, sure. It was my mom's letter and her thoughtfulness that kind of prompted this whole trip. Mm -hmm. But then when my dad uh, spoke, it kind of went a different route. So my dad stood up and he said, you know, Miss O'Hare, I'm a Christian and I don't hate you. In fact, I love you. And Jesus Christ loves you. And uh, he went into saying how, uh, you know, God had saved him from alcoholism and a life of sin. And, you know, he's done the same for your son. Madeline Murray O'Hare's son was a Christian preacher. Oh, okay. she did not like that. So she's kind of cut him off right there. And, you know, mm -hmm. he's saying Jesus loves you. He died for you. What he did for me, he can do for you. And basically gave her a gospel presentation. Um, and then they quickly... <laughs> Cut the commercial. During the commercial, um, Madeline Marie O'Hare was cussing out my dad. Oh, you know, wow. Letting him have it. She did not like what he had to say. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they say the gospel will either make you mad or it'll make you glad. And I guess made her mad. So, um, and, you know, side note, the whole audience was like, it was an atheist member audience. So they're in the front row surrounded by supporters of Miss O'Hare. So very difficult, very uncomfortable situation um, for my parents to be in. But, and that was it, you know, without fanfare, they came back home and, you know, we have the video recording we talk about sometimes. It's kind of just a wild story. But uh, the lessons that I take away from it, and this is just my personal takeaway, what my siblings take away from or anyone else could be totally different. But uh, my takeaway was, yeah, this, this all kind of prompted my parents to homeschool my siblings and me to teach us, you know, Christian values and teach us the word of God and to kind of cultivate our own relationship with Christ. But it's not that we were homeschooled, it's why we were homeschooled. You know, right. I'll, always, I'll always remember the reasons why. Why did they do what they did? Mm-hmm. And their priority was the word of God. You know, it was supreme in their lives. It had just saved them both radically from, you know, lives of sin. So that was their ultimate priority was, we're gonna raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. What um, a beautiful thing. Yeah, so they prioritized the word of God and then wanted you know to raise their children according to the word of God, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's my takeaway from their story. They did receive letters, you know, later on from all over the country, of people who were you know just thank you for taking a stand, and you know I really loved what you had to say, things like that. Um, but that's that's my takeaway from the story, and uh, <clears throat> you know I mentioned my parents, they both dropped out of high school to go into the workforce. So mm-hmm. here you are in 1990. My mom is, I don't even think 30 years old yet, four kids. And she's feeling led of the Lord and her and my dad to homeschool four kids. Yeah. So you can imagine she's feeling very unqualified for this role. I can imagine. Yes. I'm scared. Am I doing the right thing? Fearful. What do I do? Where do I start? Mm-hmm. I'm qualified. Just very natural thoughts that I think probably anyone would have. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is they were seeking God in every every step. And God told my mom that he would provide for her and he would uh, <clears throat> he would equip her to mm-hmm. to teach us all. And, uh, you know, when God speaks, when God speaks to you, it's it's it makes things a whole lot easier. So right, you have that to fall back on anytime you get afraid or yeah. need a boost of courage. You can remember how he led you. I love yeah. your story. I love your parents' boldness and the appointment God gave them so early in their Christianity. And then yeah. now look at you. <laughs> you know, you are a product of what they sacrificed because of their faith. And and so we love that you are one of our instructors, of course, our um, mission statement is ink on paper to touch eternity. And so we have for over 45 years been concentrating on making sure people know the truth and can believe the Bible. And so I love that your story goes beyond just what your parents did for you. But then after you're homeschooled, you go into public education there in Chicago and have a very interesting experience because of the governmental um, mandates for you as a teacher. So we want to hear about how that, um, what you saw, how it impacted you and the decisions that you made. 
Sure. Um, just speaking from my experience, <clears throat> this is my 14th year um, as a teacher. 11 of those years have been in public school. Three of those years have been in a private or a Christian school. Okay. I've also coached sports for 13 years, lots of different sports. So I'm a teacher and a coach kind of by trade. That's my field. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I know. Um, most of my teaching career has been great. I've, I've loved it. I've met so many wonderful people. I've had great principals and wonderful students. Um, but it's really, I was teaching in Indiana when my wife and I were married. Uh, and then we kind of relocated and I had to leave my job in Indiana and then found a teaching position with Chicago Public Schools. Okay. Um, I was hired in the fall of 2020. If you remember, that's right in kind of the middle of the COVID fiasco. Mm -hmm. Most schools around the country started virtually. Mm -hmm. um, that was the case for Chicago Public Schools. Um, so I began that year uh, teaching from home, teaching PE from home. So um, kind of difficult, but yes. kind, of, kind of why I'm creating these courses with Masterbooks. But um, so we stayed remote through the first semester. And then uh, in March of 21, we started to ease our way back to in-person. But the, what I would like to talk about is the teacher trainings that we had to go through. Um, every teacher has to go through mandatory trainings every year, two or three trainings a year. Typically it's, you know, what to do if you cut your finger, how to dispose of a Band-Aid, bloodborne pathogens, you know, sexual harassment, things like that. And it's common in office buildings, you know, around the country. Most professionals are familiar with mandatory training. Um, so in the fall of 2020, two months into this virtual learning, which I've never done, most teachers around the country, elementary school at least, have never done this, very totally new. Um, the teacher training you would have thought was giving us skills and tools to teach successfully remotely, strategies, mm -hmm. things like that. Not at all. The whole training was um, supporting the transgender movement, supporting transgender students, critical race theory, gender identity. This is what we're, we're being trained on at the height of the COVID shutdown. Um, and I was, I mean, I was shocked. I had never witnessed this before in all my years of teaching. So it's just, it's just shocking how fast things are changing. In just the matter of a couple of years, everything has just gone topsy-turvy. Um, so some of the graphics in the teacher training, uh, I, you know, I snapshot it, I still have, but some, there was one in particular, it said intersecting identities. Teachers were trained on intersecting identities and, you know, it was to kind of be implemented in our daily teaching. And we were supposed to treat our students this way and then kind of pass this knowledge on to students. That's why mm -hmm. we're trained so that we can then go train our students or teach our students. So an example of uh, inter intersecting identity in this graph, there were two circles. The outer circle was what's called privileged identities. And on the inner circle uh, were marginalized identities. So an example of, according to their Chicago Public Schools graph was, if you're a Christian, you're privileged. If you're white, you're privileged. If you speak English, you're privileged. 
If you own a home, you're privileged. And then, so if none of those things were true for you, you were marginalized. This is accepted in Chicago. So now the, the really disturbing thing is, say you were a Christian and you were physically healthy, just man or woman, you're a Christian and you're healthy. That's an intersecting identity. And according to Chicago public schools, you would be guilty of emotional abuse on anyone who wasn't a Christian and anyone who was not disabled, emotional abuse. So without even talking to me, I'm emotionally abusive to my coworkers and my students. Um, another one more example is for if you're a boy, if you're a boy in school and you're white, you are also guilty of emotional abuse toward anyone who was not white or not a boy. Just, so it's attributing characteristics to people simply based on color of their skin, their faith, their age. I found this to be the definition of prejudice and bias and discrimination. Um, yeah, it sounds like you didn't have to do anything other than be in those categories. No, this is, no one had taken the time to know me. I mean, these are just all assumed about me because I happen to be a man, um, I'm heterosexual, I speak English, I'm a Christian. So according to the Chicago Public School training, you know, I use children, I'm abusive, I'm emotionally abusive. Shocking, what a statement. And then yeah. not only that, to me as an adult, I can shake my head and say, what a shame. But now we're supposed to emulate this with our students? I'm supposed to make five, six, seven-year-old children learn this? I, right. Imagine walking around with that stigma all the time, you know? Learning to stereotype you and Boy. each other. So, I mean, just shocking, terrible. Um, and one other graph was specifically for kindergartners. They call it their transgender unicorn. It looks like Barney, what you would look like. I saw like that. And this is promoted as so adorable, this adorable unicorn. Please go over this with your kindergartners. And what it says is, uh, you know, the different genders. It shows a graphic and, uh, you know, the different genders that you can be. You could be a man, you could be a woman or another gender. You could be attracted to a man, a woman or another, you know, gender. And mm -hmm. it, it was extremely inappropriate. And there are graphics and there are like, you know, symbols on the body parts and just extremely inappropriate, shocking, right. um, immoral. Um, so this this is what prompted me to leave Chicago, but um, or leave Chicago Public Schools. But uh, you know that's that's a difficult thing to do. At this point, this was my 13th year of teaching. This is what I know. This is my career. Sure. You know, I went to college for this. I've invested a lot of time into becoming a great teacher and a great coach. Mm -hmm. It's been very. It's been a hard road, and I take pride in that. And I've, I'm so invested in it. So I didn't want to just leave. You know, but I can't stay in this place, but I don't want to leave. So it was a very difficult decision for me personally. Um, you know, thank, thank God I have a, a godly wife, a loving and supportive wife, really without her, you know, you know, I wouldn't be able to do anything, but um, she encouraged me to, uh, that it was time to leave. And I totally mm -hmm. agree with her. We both prayed about it and um, she encouraged me just to leave. And I kind of felt like, you know, Lot, when he left Sodom, when God allowed Lot to leave Sodom before destruction, 
ultimately that's what I, I felt it came down to. I needed to get out before this right. whole thing crumbles because the rate at which uh, things are changing and mm -hmm. these policies are being implemented is very fast. Things are changing very, very fast. Um, but for me, you know, at this point, this is when I remembered my parents' story. It all kind of harkened right back to me. It had been over 30 years since my parents went through what they went through and they took a stand and they decided to homeschool. Mm -hmm. They took a stand based on you know biblical principles and what they believed was right and seeking the Lord for direction. And here I was 35 years old, 30 some years later in a very similar, what I felt position where, you know, I wanted to stand on biblical principles, what I felt was right and what I wanted to do as a Christian and what I couldn't do in this, you know, school system. And I made the decision to leave. So when I left, I did file a formal complaint with Chicago public school board, um, citing all the things, you know, we just talked about in right. the their response was, we're choosing not to investigate this matter at this time. So they decided not to investigate themselves, which is interesting. <laughs> it, yes. It's interesting to note the Chicago Public School Board, they are appointed. They're not elected. Uh, most school board members are elected by the community. Okay. Not in Chicago. The 25 school board members are appointed, which mm -hmm. I think makes a big difference in terms of what you're seeing in the public schools. Um, Obviously, someone who is elected will have to win re-election. So you have to kind of do a good job if you want to be re-elected. When you're right. appointed, when you're appointed, you're not really accountable to, you know, the parents. So uh, if if you are in public schools and you're kind of thinking about what to do, um, that's something you may want to look into. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your both experiences, your early childhood memories of, you know, the stand that your parents took and then your own stand that you were faced with and decided to take. That's a, it's a very courageous, bold move that I believe witnesses um, strongly to me and to anybody else listening that we are all in a situation where we're going to face needing to take a stand. And of course, people who have chosen to homeschool for biblical reasons have already taken a stand. And your children are going to need to take a stand as well. So based on what you've been through, um, what you've seen with your parents and what you have gone through yourself with the public school system there in Chicago, how would you encourage the homeschooler today who who's facing <clears throat> unknown things like you have? You weren't expecting what you had to do. Well, I guess I would encourage them two ways. Uh, one, I think what makes all the difference is constant relationship with, with God almighty, um, you know, spend daily time in prayer, uh, reading the word, fellowshipping with the Lord and seeking his direction, you know, for the Holy spirit to guide you. That makes all the difference. What God tells me, he may tell you something different. So you got to seek him for yourself. Right. Um, don't, don't, don't take my advice alone, but seek the Lord and you know, he'll guide you. That's number one. Two, um, for me, just speaking from my experience, like I said, I'm 36 now, but what my parents taught us and showed us through their actions uh, and, you know, when we were children, standing on you know, Christian principles and on the word of God and prioritizing your relationship with Christ, number one, it's still, you know, teaching me lessons. When I was 35, I had, I had to go through it. And the first thing I thought of was, this is just what my parents went through 30 years ago. Right. And here I am in 2021 
further on down the road. And now look where things are. Look mm -hmm. at what's happening in society. It's just gotten worse. Um, so, you know, they could read the handwriting on the wall, but um, it, it's still paying dividends in my life 30 years later. So I can speak from my experience. The choices my parents made when I was four or five years old, still teaching me lessons today as, you know, a grown man. So that's my experience. And I feel like I certainly am not the only one who can say that. Well, what I take from your encouragement is an encouragement to families to take stands, let their children see them take stands, you know, take those bold stands. Yeah. Look what it did for you. The encouragement it gave you, what the Lord did through your mom and your dad back when you were very small and how you used that as a platform of, oh, okay, I'm about to need to do the same thing. Sure. And all of us, like you said, we are going to have different callings, different places where right. we have to take a bold stand. So we do want to encourage you, the listener or the watcher, the people who are with us today for this interview to seek the Lord. I pray that this information that John shared would have you specifically seek the Lord on what he wants you to do in your community, how he wants you to pray, how what he wants you to say, how he wants you to lead your family. So they'll be prepared like John was prepared because his parents pulled him out of school, gave him a homeschool education founded on biblical principles so that one day he could also be ready to defend his faith for he and his family and certainly make a sacrifice. There are sacrifices required. But God has been with you, and we're so thankful that it led you to Master Books and that now we have your online courses because of your experience through COVID and doing online schooling. And so we, we said we were going to talk about your upcoming course. So tell us about the one you're working on now. Sure. Thank you. Um, so the course, I'm about halfway done with it. All of the lesson plans have been written. So now I'm just starting the filming and editing phase. Uh, so it should be ready end of summer. I think July, I think will be good, but it's, okay. uh, it's on strength and conditioning, strength training and physical conditioning. Awesome. <clears throat> After kind of speaking with Randy, he, he kind of helped me kind of formulate an idea for this course. I um, kind of guided me on it. Uh, I see it as a really good gap between my PE courses and some of the other courses Masterbooks offers like, you know, health or anatomy, biology, things like that. Uh, it's really designed to help students understand how to physically train for a specific reason, okay. whether, whether it's a team sport, um, an individual sport, or just regular exercise. Maybe you want to run a 5K or maybe you want to be a better tennis player or anything in between. Um, the goal of this course is to help you understand how the body works mm -hmm. and how training affects the body and then how to train, you know, for specific outcomes. It's basically what I did as a track coach, you know, for the last nine years, training my incoming freshmen and, you know, sophomores on, on all of this and training for their specific events. So I think it's a great, a great course for, middle schoolers transitioning into high school. Okay. Um, and it's something you can do, you know, on your own time at your own pace mm -hmm. and really with minimal equipment. So with the I love that. Yeah. And I love that um, homeschool students, the master book students are able to do physical education with um, your great ideas. If you, you can look at John's courses and see, 
the previews of all of them to see how he is using things that you would normally have at home already. Um, as he said, he, he grew up doing homeschool kind of in the country. So yeah. he used that foundation, that rural foundation of you may not have access to all the things that a school would have for exactly. physical education, but so great that children can start learning PE, learning physical education, find what they love, and then meet their goals through strength training, whatever those goals would be. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Well, thank you all for staying with us. We enjoyed the opportunity to share John's experience and um, just to bring that back to the surface. The smarter way to homeschool is biblical homeschooling and um, not allowing your children to be influenced by the kinds of things that John was being asked to teach his own students, even kindergartners. So thank you. Thank you for the sacrifices you're making for your bold stand. And we'll see you on the next interview. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining the Master Books podcast. This was fun, and we are really glad you were with us. We invite you to check out masterbooks.com. We have a big library of books that will feed the faith of your family. And hey, subscribe to our channel so you won't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.